Hi, and welcome to another episode of the High and Wide podcast. I'm your host, Angry Jim, here with my co-host, Jack Smith. Jack, it's been about a week since we last talked, and although the Flyers season has thankfully ended, there's quite a bit that Flyer fans are frustrated about. Uh, we're going to touch on those topics. Um, we're going to do our player grades first. Is that what we want to do? For the goalies, at least. Okay. So, I mean, before we get to the, you know, juicy stuff, and we were going to start with, you know, the juicy stuff first, but for my sake, you know, we're going to do the, the player grades. So, I'll let you kick it off, Jack. Well, I'll start by saying Twitter is a toxic, toxic place, especially right now. I uh, have been keeping my distance for the most part. Uh, a lot of people uh, really going off the edge, you know, for interesting reasons, to say the least. Good luck uh, giving your own opinion, whether it's right or wrong. People will destroy you one way or another. <laughs> Do you care to elaborate on this topic a little bit? Well, it's actually nothing that I said. I just remember something that you said, and it was pure opinion. And this guy just went off the rails. And I kind of wanted to be like, dude, like, take it easy. (laughs) Like, he's got a gut feeling, and that's all he said. It was an opinion. So I don't understand why you're getting bent out of shape here, but all right. (laughs) I was just as surprised, too, because that guy's usually a pretty mild-mannered, calm guy. And I'm like, hmm, did I say something? Even guys PMS, apparently. So it happens. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, Twitter. We could talk about Twitter for an entire episode here if we want. Oh, believe me, I know. Yeah, but we could, let's talk goalies because, I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot to look forward to, actually, with, with Flyers goaltending. And there's a lot to uh, – there's, there's still some question marks. Even with Carter, the emergence of Carter Hart, who's going to back him up next year? I mean, you know, you want to do the grades and then we can talk next year. Yeah, let's do that. I'll start it off. Uh, start with Carter Hart, who we've all been waiting so long to see, and we were pleasantly surprised. So a couple of quick stats here. He played 31 games this year. He went 16-13-1. and one. Um, His goals against average was 2.83, and his save percentage was actually 9.17, which is pretty good considering. I mean, especially I believe the average on the year for all goalies in the NHL is down around – 906 or something in that range so that's that's pretty good um he definitely was hotter when he first started kind of you know got hurt was a little bumpy uh but he revitalized the team and you know, it wasn't just him but he definitely gave them a vote of confidence then they play started playing a lot better and i think that was one of the main storylines in their second half so can't ask for a whole lot more but he wasn't perfect so i gave him an a minus what do you think jimmy Jimmy. So with that, I'll move on to Brian Elliott. So Brian Elliott uh, was supposed to be our starter. Um, obviously, that didn't go so well. The fact that we were going to go with Neuverth and Elliott to start the season is hysterical to me. Uh, me and Jimmy talked about it on one of our first podcasts. And while we were being optimistic about the team, we did come across that and go, you mean – Michael Neuverth is going to be asked to play 30 to 35 and knowing Elliott's health, maybe even 40 games. There ain't no way in hell. Uh, And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And the debacle at goaltending came about. So Brian Elliott, 26 games played. He was 11, 11 and one, uh, 2.96 goals against average and a save percentage of 907, which is funny. It's about the league average. Um, Yeah. I gave him a C. Um, Health was a big concern with him, obviously. And then when he finally did come back in full stride, he looked good. And then right at the end of the year, he looked absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, not, and it, there's a question coming up about him and the next guy, Cam Talbot. Uh, I have stats here mostly with Edmonton, so I have two grades for him. His uh, 35 games played, he was 11-17-3. Goals against average was 3.40. Save percentage was under 900 at Point eight nine two. So I gave his grade for the season a C minus, but his Flyers grade is incomplete because we barely saw the damn guy. I think that's fair. Yeah. So, Jimmy, did you have anything to add on any of the goalies? Um. So Carter Hart, I'm gonna give. Uh, I'm gonna give Carter Hart a B. I mean, uh, it's hard to give him an A. His first year. Um. 
save percentage, 917. If, if I'm going to grade him like he's a you know regular NHL goalie and not a 20-year-old kid just coming up, I'm going to give him a, a B. Um, he looked okay. I guess if he was hurt in the, in the middle of the – I guess in the middle of the second half there, um, that affected his play a little bit. Um, he came up right away, looked comfortable, um, which was good to see. So I'm not going to go lower than a B, but I don't think I can go higher either um, just because if I give him an A, there's really nowhere else for him to go, you know. Um, who do we got next? Brian Elliott? Yeah, my God, man. So, yeah, you touched on Elliott and, Neu- and uh, Neuvirth to start the season. We both knew that was going to be a train wreck. Uh, one guy's made a glass. The other guy, if you ride him too long, you know, and with, with a lot of uh, goalies, this could happen. Um, but especially Brian Elliott, he's going to get hurt. That's exactly what happened. Uh, I think given the circumstances with Brian Elliott, as much as I really don't like him, uh, I'll give him a C+. Um, he just let in some pretty bad goals early in the year. And I know the team was kind of shitty in front of him. Um, so, yeah, C-plus, I think, sounds fair. Maybe a B if I wanted to be nice, but I'm not. Yeah. Uh, Cam Talbot, you mentioned 3.40 goals against average. Yeah, it's pretty high. That, Almost that three and a half goals a game. That's with Edmonton or combined? It's, I mean, it's combined, that, but mostly Edmonton. Yeah, not that, not that it really would matter, but – that's pretty terrible. That's like old school hockey goalie number there. Like it's almost impossible to have a 3.4 goals against average in the NHL today. Uh, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like oh, 3.40 yeah. I mean, is insane. Even the uh, save percentage, like you really need that above 900 to be a starter or really even a backup unless you had like, I don't know, one absolutely horrific game, but. That's that's he's played at 35 games. That's I mean, yeah, Edmonton was a shit show, but that that's really low. That's what, what, what's he going to be if uh, the emotional support goalie or what? Because uh, I, he might be. I mean, <laughs> I'm hoping that I'm hoping that when he, you know, is here, he's in a better You would think a better situation that we'll just see the Cam Talbot of old. Um, but that does bring up an interesting question. And I've seen it post on Twitter. And at first, it was a no-brainer for me. But the more I think about it, I'm not 100% on it. So if you had a choice, take away take away the Talbot trade, the fact that we gave up Stolarz in the deal. Forget all that. Um, you're going into next season. You're the GM. Do you want Elliott or Talbot? Uh, a one-year deal. Just on a one-year deal. Just uh, for next season. Well, who do you want? I'm going to go Talbot just because I don't want to see any more Elliott. And that, that could be the wrong choice because Elliott has proven – I mean, at least he – how can you argue that he hasn't proven? He's the better goalie of the two, you know. Um, I'm not sure he wants to be the backup goalie, which could cause some problems. I, I'm not really sure. Um, I'm going to assume Cam Talbot going into next year with the mindset that he's going to be the backup will be a good thing. Um and, you know, I can only hope that the, the team has improved and he looked bad. I don't know, man. <laughs> Why he looked, like, I'm, I'm saying all this and thinking, like, how bad he looked at the same time. Um, I, I, he may not have really even gotten a fair shake, though, because uh, by the time he started playing games, the Flyers were pretty much dead in the water. Uh, I, I'm still going to go Talbot, though. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm still sticking with my original. It's only because of, of Elliot's health. I think – Elliot's played better. I think that El- the healthy Elliot that I we watched through his career with the Flyers, he's never been stellar, but he's been pretty solid. He's been reliable when he's been healthy, but that's the thing. He's not healthy. He's going to become the next Neuvirth, and that's what I'm really not looking forward to seeing again. Like, I can't do that at crap anymore because that was a joke. That was an honest-to-God joke. Um, it, you know, because Elliot played a lot better. They weren't playing Talbot for some unknown reason. And then when he did play, the Flyers were out of it, and Talbot really didn't look good. But can you really blame him? The team wasn't really playing. They're hang- leaving him hanging out to dry. So there, it's so many question marks that it's things like this, like these kind of question marks that the, the organization does that make you go scratch your head and go, why are they doing this? Why did they make this trade? Why did they do that? And then they don't get – Quenville and then they're talking like the free agent class isn't that strong even though it kind of is at least that it's top heavy you know and now that it makes me understand why somebody could go on Twitter and say yeah I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the Flyers right now like if that makes sense doesn't mean you're not right it doesn't mean you're right or wrong 
but it's a feeling. It's how you feel at this current time, you right. know? And that's why I was shocked that somebody went in after the comment like that. But judged on what, based on what I've seen, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in Fletcher at all. And this just isn't, oh, well, he's only been here for, did it. Oh, I researched what he did in Minnesota. And I don't like how he's handled the goalies here. I don't like how he's pretty much done nothing. The trade deadline is the only time he really could do something. And it was lackluster. It really was. Like Brian Hartman's, yeah, okay, he was a fourth round pick. He's going to be a fourth line eventually. You know, like maybe some third line time. I think he's going to ma- mainly be a fourth liner, though. Hopefully it's a good fourth line. But like you're talking about Wayne Simmons here, we were hoping to get a lot more than that. And the pick is just terrible. A fourth that'll become a third. Like, come on. So, like, you know, it's not our fault that oh, – we'll get into the Quenville stuff later. I wanna, I, we'll stay on the goalies here. But you can see what I'm getting at. Like, this is where the confidence level is pretty low right now. And yeah, you can change that. But I got nothing to believe that says he will. Um, and as far as the goalie – had the goalies have been handled this year, Hextall and Hextall, Fs. You know, Hextall didn't address a problem. Hextall likes to hurt everybody. And it's Gordon kind of did the same thing. I think Gordon overplayed Hart until he got hurt and then played a shitload of Elliott. And I guess the argument could be, well, he, Gordon's trying to keep his job. And I'm just like, you still have to rotate your goalies. You, you, know, you can't just, you know, I'm going to go with my, my optimal lineup every single night in, night out because I want to. You can't do that. You have to care about the health of your players. And it's Fletcher should have stepped in at some point like, yeah, I traded for this guy. I'm your boss. You're telling me you can't start this guy one or two or five times, maybe more than one or two. You know, like, come on. Like you're, you need Elliot every time. Otherwise, you're not getting hired again. Like, it's just silly. It, I just, the whole thing has just been just mishandled, you know? So, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Overall, all three goalies combined. I mean, if you want to count all eight, how would you rate the, the Flyers goalie perform? All eight goalies at once. Oh man, um, possible. Give him a well, give him a grade, C minus. All right, that seems pretty fair. Because it was like uh, F minus if you could do that, and Hart brought it back up. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't want to say a C. I don't want to say they were steady because the whole first half of the season they were terrible. They were much better the second half, but they weren't perfect, so that wouldn't average that grade out. So mm-hmm. I'll say a C minus. I think that's pretty fair. See not mine. to mention, if you consider the guys in charge and how they mishandled everything as well, I've put that into the grade too. So I think that's a fair grade, to be honest. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, uh, they they broke the record for most goalies used in a season with eight. That's pretty embarrassing. Oh yeah. And at the same time, you know, hopefully the savior was one of those eight goalies, and we'll never have to see this again. Heroes are born through tragedy. <laughs> Um, so what do you want to get to next? Well, you know, I can't, I almost talked about it like three times already. So let's just get to it. Joel Quenville is going to Florida to coach a little bit of hockey, but probably be in semi-retirement and, um, didn't see that one coming. It kind of blindsided me. A lot of stuff came out later that he's friends with Dale Talon and he already lives in Florida. I didn't even know that, you know, and he likes Barkoff and Panera's probably definitely going there now. But it sucks because we didn't get our guy. And I feel like the offseason, like, it really hasn't even started. Yeah, coaches can be hired and fired, but playoffs didn't even start yet. And we're already out of one of our main things we needed. And now we're kind of scrambling to get, like, oh, who do we want now? And that's what Twitter's blown up about. Like, somebody put out a list, and that list got killed. And rightfully so. It was a bad list. (laughs) I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah, and it the funny thing is that's how nobody really knows what the perfect answer is, but at the same time, that's how much everybody's scrambling right now. Uh, two of the guys on my list, one's still a head coach of another team, and the other one's an AHL guy who's probably not even gonna be allowed to be talked to unless they just offer him a ton of money. So it's just, I don't know. I, it, it feels like they're gonna do something stupid. I, I have I read that I, I believe Fletcher is leaning towards keeping Gordon. And the only reason he hasn't announced it yet is because I think upper management wants somebody else, somebody with actual like playoff experience and somebody, somebody good, really somebody uh, like, proven like, coach like Dan Bilesma. 
Oh, please, God, no. God, no. <laughs> but I, 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 it's not the worst thing in the world, but I, he was, he's not even on my top five. Like, because, listen, here's Dan's Bosman, okay? He takes over from Michelle Terrian for the Pittsburgh Penguins because they were, they were tanked. They were doing bad. They weren't tanking. They were just doing bad. So when a coach gets fired, usually that like lights a fire under the ass of the team. Well, it did for the Penguins, an extremely talented team who had all sorts of other players because they weren't paying Crosby and Malkin that much yet. And they won the cup. I'm not giving the coach credit because the coach, he coached him for what, three, four more years after that? They've done nothing but overachieve, underachieve, excuse me. They underachieve. They lost in the first round to the Flyers in 2012, if you remember that crazy series. Okay. Yes, it was awesome for us. We were not the better team. Not on paper, we weren't. Like, you're, you're kidding me. That Penguins team was stacked. And they couldn't even get out of the first round. Then he goes to Buffalo, and that team is still in the, in the gutter. So why is this guy a good coach? Because he has a Stanley Cup ring? Like, come on. Yeah, that's, I don't that's, really that's understand why, I don't why he keeps popping up. He's I mean, a there's name some good, people know. That's it. Coaches out there. That's what it is. It's a name people know, so they just hit, hook their wagons to him. Well, he's a good coach. Well, he won a cup, because that means everything. Like, come on. That's like when the Redskins brought back uh, Joe Gibbs. Like, well, he won two, uh, you know, um, he won two uh, Super Bowls. Yeah, they were the 80s. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was in the 80s. Like, this is 2000, whatever, and you realize it don't work. Like, I don't know. Not the best comparison to the point. It's just because a guy won doesn't mean he's going to step in and everything's just going to go right. And you could make the argument about that Quenville, but Quenville's always been successful, and he's got three cups, not just one, three, from a team that he started with brought to prominence, fell out of prominence, and came right back. So that there's a difference there before I get that gets thrown at me. So anyway. Yeah, I got some uh, names to throw out at you real quick. And these are – I mean, I really only have two guys in mind. I'm not sure if they're what this team needs. Um, but I think also that, you know, depending on which coach comes in well, – well, let me say this first. Uh, I'm kind of tired of the team – that we have um, and not so much of the players, but more so the personality of the players. Um, they just bother me. They, they're like a bunch of bait, like a bunch of kids. I feel like, like uh, I know some of the guys are older, but like typical millennials, man, like you can't tell them what to do or else they're going to have a problem. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is just how I feel. Yeah. And then like, maybe it's not such a big deal. Um, but I like I, a lot of people are, are quick to jump on on other players as being locker room cancers and stuff like that, and um, they think that it doesn't exist in in the Flyers locker room. And I'm like, what? Like, they don't have anybody. They don't have any strong leaders in the locker room. Strong, strong leaders in the sense that you know they'll follow the coach. They'll have the coaches back. They'll help the other guys buy into the system. You know what I mean? Uh, Maybe they have one or two of those guys, um, but I think as a whole, I mean, some some guys like Nolan Patrick come to mind. I was talking earlier on Twitter. The guy's 20 years old, but he acts like he's been in the league for four or five years and he's actually done something. And I'm not, I'm not knocking Nolan Patrick or saying that we should trade him or anything like that. But there needs to be somebody in the locker room that, that comes in and says, hey, son. You haven't done shit. You need to work. You need to work. You need to get your shit together. You need to start producing. You're a second overall pick. You know, you can act like this and that all you want. But on the ice, you better start producing. And someone needs to step up and say, they need to hear that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? They can't They can't be babied along. Like, oh, it'll come. It'll come, Nolan. Keep working. It'll come. Like, it needs to happen. It needs to fucking happen. Uh, you know, I, I don't want guys like Ghost uh and I, I keep singling out ghost but i don't want guys you know hanging around the younger kids because they they see that personality they think it's okay and that kind of shit rubs off and i think they're going to have a problem finding a coach for this team and, and you're seeing it maybe with quenville already he, he actually i think he said one of the reasons he chose florida was to coach a guy like barkov right yeah i mean the flyers have good young players why wouldn't why wouldn't he want to come here? I mean, I know Florida, and he's got the perfect situation down there, but he did essentially turn down the Flyers 
um, who have good young players. He was turned down more money. Um, Philadelphia used to be a, pl- a place that people wanted to come to. You know, they used to always get the best free agent or they would always go get a get a coach, whatever it was. Now they're being stepped over for teams like the Florida Panthers who can't even put a quarter of the fans in the seats. You know what I mean? That's um, what got me is they, they, they have struggled. They really struggle to get fans. And um, yeah, you make a good point about, you know, how we look to other organizations. I do think this Florida thing was a, um, a unique one. I, 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 tr- I like to believe him. I like to say that, yeah, he, he's best. There's so many mitigating factors that you just, it's unfortunate, but we just got to kind of accept it. Well, here's um, the thing. Like, so I guess my point is, you know, we want all these good coaches, um, but who, who would like it to me, it doesn't look like they want to come to Philly. And I'm like, well, why? Because we have good fans, you know? So what is it? Ron Hextall's not here anymore. Chuck Fletcher doesn't seem like a terrible guy. I mean, he was somebody that was just recently brought in this year. What, why don't, why don't guys want to come here? You know, why don't coaches want to coach this team? You know, I think, I don't think that question has been asked. Like we can want all these great coaches all we want, but what's, what's the problem here? Um, so, I, and I asked, I said I was going to throw some names at you. Um, Elaine Vigneault has been tossed around a little bit, and I'm seeing a lot of negative feedback on uh, Elaine. What are your thoughts on him? I mean, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world. The guy did take two franchises to the cup. Unfortunately, right. he never won. But I, I think a lot of, from what I've heard, the, the game may not be built for him the way it is anymore. It's, you know, that, that's basically the gist of it. Um, what have you, what have people been saying? I'm, I'm curious. Okay. Why, what is their reason for no? I don't know. See, I, nobody will say one. Like, uh, I, I was in, I'm in some kind of a thread on Twitter and, uh, his name came up and right away, someone just said no without a reason. And I'm oh, like, oh. that just, that sounds like one of two things. He was a former Rangers coach and people cry about that, uh, just cause the affiliation, but also it's like, it's not a juicy enough name. You know what I mean? Like, they just like, Oh, I've heard of him. No, no, I don't really like that. We can do better kind of thing. Like, yeah, I've kind of heard of him, but I didn't really like when he was there, whatever. Cause that, that he just couldn't get that Rangers team over. And they, they were adding players. They had Lundquist going crazy. They, they had, they, had, they went to the, did they, yeah, no, no, they went once to, yeah. So uh, I, people, um, if they don't give you a reason just for some reason in their mind, I feel like they've made up. They don't like it. Like if they can't give you a reason, that's, that's how I feel about that. You could ask me about any of these guys and I'll tell you why I don't like them. You know, I'll give right. you a legit reason. Other people just, they, they heard somebody else doesn't like them and they just agree. Like, Oh, I like that guy and he doesn't like him. So therefore I don't like him. That's where I think a lot of that comes from. And it's the same way, the other way around. And, and I'm not knocking anybody because, you know, I don't know anything about this guy, but the, uh, I can't think of his first name right now, but his last name's Keefe. You oh, know, Sheldon Keefe. Sheldon Keefe. So everybody keeps bringing him up, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I Googled him because I, obviously I don't follow uh, follow yep. him or, or the coaches, the Marlies, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know they won the uh, Calder Cup last year, but that's about it. That's all I know about Sheldon Keefe. Everybody keeps mentioning his name. Like, I don't know anything about this guy. You know anything about him? Well, I think I, I, be, I could be wrong. But I thought he won more than, than one Calder Cup. I could be wrong. Either way, they're always in contention. He's always had them in contention. And, yeah, he's had a lot of good prospects. But the point is he's got them playing how they should be playing. He runs a good ship down there. Um, a lot of people like to reach out and get these guys because they're the next – best thing and toronto has been very like they don't want anybody talking to them they talked about if something happened with them and uh, uh babcock he's their guy they won't even do a coaching search they'll just promote him like they almost like kind of want to protect the guy that they got but now it's there too much is getting out so that's there's something to be said there if the organization thinks that highly of them you know mm-hmm. uh, so i think that's what people are getting into it's like well if we have a head coach why don't I'd much rather give this guy a shot and go back to the well with some of these other guys who tend to 
burn out and have just not made it. And they're just a name like Balsma. They're just a name because they're a name or Michelle right. Terrian or something, but you know, guys like that. It's like, let's get the next best thing. That's why guys are dipping into the, the college coaching. Same thing. Even, even half self fell into this. Like, Oh, you're the next best thing. I want to get, I want to be the guy who brought you in. I'm like, I want to, I don't want to go spend, you know, $10 million on Quenville. I want to get the $1 million guy before he's known and watch him turn me into a winner and then we'll figure it out. And I think people view Sheldon Keith that way. And honestly, if we got him, I'd be happy with that. At least they're doing something different. I was the same way with GM search. There was a guy from Columbus. I was hoping they were looking at, uh, there was two guys, another guy from Toronto. I was hoping they, inter- um, they would have, um, interviewed as well for the same reasoning it's different level it's it's a different level thinking than what we're used to and i think you need that in a game that's changing like you don't want to be the flyers of 2000 and what was it seven who you know we had the lockout and then the game changes and we're still playing by the old rules and then we finish in dead last you want to be the team who sees the you know sees the change coming adapts to it and then beats everybody to the punch, and then you're the first place for this reason and that reason. Everybody's trying to copy what you did. You know what I mean? So th- this is what um this is how people are viewing Keith. I, that's how I'm viewing him. And if, if people are liking him and they actually are giving want to give a reason, I'd assume that's the reason. He's got a level of success, uh, and it's been what's the word? It's um it's more than just one year. You know, he's got a few years of success. He's won. He's pulled, he's one down there. He's a perennial like conference championship team. Uh, he, the way he thinks like how the game is played nowadays, that he's just, he's the, the guy you want to go with forward in your organization. And he's pretty young, man. That's, that's part of it. I think he's like 40 or something uh-huh. like maybe younger than that. Like that, the way he views the game is probably going to be better going into the future. If you go and get like, What's his name? Ken Hitchcock. He's probably going to think back in like the late 90s when shit was working for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, you want to be the guy who said, I hired this guy. He's I like the way he views how the game is changing and how he wants to run it and work it. And my team's going to be successful. And because we did it this way, everybody else is going to want to copy us and what we did. It's kind of like think about Belichick and the Patriots. Everybody's trying to emulate that. When you reach for these newer coaches, Eagles did it with Chip Kelly. They wanted to get all the hurry-up offense. That's what's going to do it. They're going to know what system he runs. I don't know that much enough about it, but it's enticing for other teams to, at least fans, he'll be a head coach soon. And he's young to be a head coach. Like So just think of that. You know, and he might even be up Toronto. They might just keep him and move on from Babcock in a few years if he can't get past Boston and put him right in. So I would not be against that at all. All right. So definitely not Bilesma. I don't, I, what has he done? You know what I mean? Okay, I'm just kidding. He only was there half the season and the team underachieved and then he went to Buffalo and did nothing there. They're still in the gutter. So I don't, there's nothing for me, nothing there. That doesn't make. That's why it doesn't make sense to me at all. Like, what has he? And he's a friggin' dork. Like, I don't want any more dorks, man. Well, listen, honest to God, like honest to God, when he was first available, I think the Flyers were. I think we still may have had Baruby. I don't know. And I was, I was interested. I wasn't at the top of my list, but I was definitely interested. Buffalo hired him. I remember being like, "Good for Buffalo." They sucked. He had Jack Eichel. They sucked, and he didn't do anything to help his cause. I know it wasn't all him, but he didn't do anything to help his cause. So he's out for me. Like, come on. It's like, I'll give you, I'll give you my bottom five list. He's number four. Uh, Lindy Ruff, uh, no thanks. He's being a terrible assistant right now with, the, I believe, the Rangers. Uh, and he, he runs the defense, and that's the one thing killing him. Uh, Michelle Terrian, police. That guy's a clown. <laughs> like, he, seriously, he makes his team, like, hate him. And they, they band together for their hatred of him. And that's supposed to make them play better. Give me a break. Like I, when he was in Montreal, I heard story, a uh, story from a player. I didn't hear it directly from the players through people um, that while he was in the meeting room with the GM, Terry was on his iPad in there with the player. And he's st- the GM is talking to the player and he goes to Terry. Is there anything else you want me to say to him? Terry looks up at the GM with the player in the room and tells 
the GM to ask the player something else, even though he's right there in the room with him. You couldn't just ask him. He's so disconnected from everything. It's a joke. I don't want anybody like that anywhere near my team. That's like having Hextall as a coach. Like, and after all the shit that came out, no thanks. So I don't need that. That's just depressing. Like, that's how you get the locker room. It just, uh, you don't want, you want a locker room that's together, like coaching staff included. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Mike Yow, that's my number one guy I don't want the most. Seriously. Uh, he was an up-and-comer. I think he was an assistant with Pittsburgh. He gets hired by Minnesota by Fletcher. They don't do anything. Fletcher hires and fires him. He then goes to the Blues. How did the Blues start off this season? I think they were worse than us, honestly. Yeah. They fire him. Big Ruby takes over. And even before Biddington took over in net, and he gets more credit than he should because their defense is good. Uh, they're a playoff team now. So why? So firing Yao made the Blues a playoff team, essentially. So why would that put him to the top of our coaching list? That makes no sense to me at all. None. So it's, it's not because he's bald that you don't want him. I have nothing against bald people. <laughs> Jimmy, if you want to be the coach of the Flyers, that is fine with me. Yeah, you know what? Hey, it, I wanted what you... I wanted. What's his name from uh, Montreal? Who's that? He was with Boston. He's with Montreal now. Damn it! Why can't I think? I, he'll come to me. Um, a player? No, he, Claude Julian. Oh, Claude Julian. Yeah. Um, kind of remember Barney from the Flintstones? A little bit. He just has that that face. Like, Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and one other guy I heard rumor was Guy Boucher. He was with Ottawa. He's at the bottom of my bottom list, not because I really, really don't want, want him. I just don't see the value. That team, I feel like that team caught lightning in a bottle, particularly with Daryl Hammond. I think that's his name. The Hamburglar, that goalie. Uh, uh-huh. He's not. A, I don't even know if he's in the NHL anymore. I think he's either a backup or he's in the AHL. That guy went on a ridiculous tear. You had Eric Carlson playing the best like season of his career. You had guys like Hoffman and Stone doing their thing. You had other guys as well. They went to Game Seven in the Eastern Conference Finals and they they lost in a heartbreaking OT game. And then I don't think they've ever played good since. So I don't. I don't know. I I just I don't have any interest in him at all. I don't see what he brings. You know, that team is slipped into misery, and he's been a part of it. So you can do better. Um, yeah, I'm throw- a little bit intrigued by that name. And, I mean, not just because – I think he's a passionate guy, uh, Guy Boucher. Uh, you know, he has experience. He has ex- He's gotten to the conference finals twice. Is that correct? Uh, uh, and, and Ottawa, I think. He plays a boring style of hockey. If you remember – that was the team where the Flyers were playing Tampa and they went to enter the zone and they just turned back around and waited Tampa out, you know, like uh, they're playing like the one, three, one or some shit. Yeah. Like that. I don't know if he still does that, but I listen, we hate the devils. And part of the reason the devils almost ruined hockey in the nineties. <laughs> like they really did like the late nineties with their whole crap. You know, it was boring hockey. Okay. Yeah. They won. Great. Good for them. It was boring, boring hockey. And, he did that with Tampa, and I hated it then. And I really—I don't know if he still does that, but I really don't want that now. I—I I, ugh, that's just you know what I, I for—I think it was this year they were towards the—I forget when it was. Maybe it was the middle of the year when they still had everybody, but they were towards uh, the top, if not the, just the top half in, in scoring. Um, and they were pretty much dead last in goals against. Um. If I mean he usually has some talent, but his team score, um, that's kind of like the opposite. I mean I don't know. See with this Flyers team, he I like, feel like he has too much of a defensive heavy system, and then relies on his stars to make shit happen. Because he had Stamkos, you know, like in his like youth, uh, he's had Carlson, who's the best offensive defenseman maybe ever. You know, like he's he's like Paul Coffey in the eighties. Yeah. Um. You know, it, he's got like talented guys that just do that, but like his actual system, it's boring as hell. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I, if we signed him, I would. It'd be. I, I think I'd rather have Scott Gordon. Uh, not by much do I feel better about it, but it just doesn't do a whole lot for me. Honestly, I hope we go a different direction. That just personally. How about, 
So I got a name for you, and I, I happened to mention him, I think, a couple months ago. I don't remember exactly when. Um, but he seemed like he would fit this team. Um, he used to coach the, 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 I think they were the Phoenix Coyotes back then. Um, Dave Tippett. Tippett. What do you think about Davey T? If he's interested, I, I think if management forces Fletcher to not resign Gordon, go somewhere else, I think he'll be the name. I think there's a something tells me that this is going to be our next head coach if they don't go with Gordon. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is. He did a lot of good with Phoenix. He really did. He got into the Western Conference Finals once, you know. And his system is is good for goaltenders. I mean, whole turn, he'll give you a bit. He'll make you think Rizgal is good. Yeah, he'll and make Mike Smith of, played really well for him as well. His defensive system forces a lot of bad shot opportunities that teams feel forced to take a lot of shots from the outside. That's when you'll see bad goalies have these great stats. Hence, Brzezgalov. Mike Smith was a lot better under him, and there's been others. Uh, and that's what kind of tricked the Flyers when they signed Brzezgalov, thinking he was better than he was. Uh, one thing I do like about that, though, is he does let – you don't you won't have a lot of screens on your own goalie because the system allows them to take shots but such at a far distance and also not directly from the center. The goalie can see and make the save, and I trust a guy like Carter Hart to do that. I think he's talented enough, and it's a it's a low percentage enough shot where I'm I'm more I'm I'm okay with it, you know. So, uh, I'm not real keen on what he does on offense. Maybe that's a good thing. Uh, uh-huh. I, I'm not. This is probably I, I would like this more than Gordon, honestly. Some people think he's a little bit older. I I, I would have liked him back. Jeez. Like the second we fired Laviette, Laviette, um, <laughs> yeah. Laviette. Ah, I think he's a, I think he's an interesting name, and then the Flyers have a young team, and and if you look back at some of the Coyote rosters that he he coached, it was a it were they were young rosters, man. They they had like, I mean Shane Doan was one of their uh, top scorers, and there there was another guy I can't think of his name now, but. Nobody ever scored more than 50, 55 points per well, year. And that's team. what that's what's intriguing about it. It feels like he gets the best out of his players. And if you could do that with this team, like, they could be pretty good, you know? Yeah, the Flyers have offensive weapons. So, I mean, I, I, my thinking is, you know, you bring in a defensive-minded coach like, like, a, like a Tippett. He's been around. He's won pretty much everywhere he's been. He won in Dallas when he was down there. Um, he's got NHL experience. He's an older guy. Won't take any shit from the younger guys while, while still being able to teach. Uh, and I think that's important to, you know, have some sort of relationship with the players, but know when to, to, to pull the leash back a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, I think he's a guy that they'll respect. Uh, and that's, that's really, really important to me. If you couldn't tell by now, especially with this club, because I, I think, you know, they, they lack a little, little respect. I don't know. I, I, I won't go that far, but they have some entitled players. And I think they need a guy to kind of reel that in a little bit. Um, and then if Carter Hart is going to be our guy for the next, however many years, he's only 20 years old. We need to protect him. Uh, and if that's, if it takes a coach and to put that kind of system in place, I'm okay with that. Aren't you? Don't, don't we want him around as long as possible? Um, I mean, we have a young defensive corpse as well. Uh, Sanheim, Myers, Provorov, Gossespierre. Uh, who am I missing? I know I'm missing somebody there. Uh, who'd you say? Um, Sanheim, yeah. Myers, Ghost, Provorov. I'm missing one, aren't I? Well, Morin. I don't really consider Hagen that anymore or Gudis. <laughs> yeah, we got Morin in there. Yeah, so they got they have like let's say they'll have six or seven guys at least for next year. Um, offensively, they have talent. Hopefully, they add a guy or two. Um, I think if you bring in a guy like Tippett, they could compete next year. You know, they're not as far off as, you know, Flyers Twitter would have you believe, you know, because if you read some of the stuff on there, it's like, damn, man, we're going to suck for a long time. But if you can find the right guy and, and fill a couple holes, I think this team, I mean, you know, we, we were optimistic before this year, weren't we? And we had Hackstall as our, as our coach and yeah, Elliot and, no- and Neubert as our goalies. Now we bring in a coach. We have our franchise goalie back there. We have our young defensive corps erased this year. 
and, and start looking forward to next year. We're built from the net out, add a piece, and let's see what we got. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a very good way to look at things. God bless you. Um, I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, but one thing you said about um, Tippett that I, you know, you kind of alluded to is like, I, I feel like he's always had that underdog team because Phoenix has never had the cap space. They never had the all, they never brought in the top free agent. They had to deal with what they had, you know, like they're the little giants. You know what I mean? They're the, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty know? good. Right there. And I, and, you know, you take that coach or uh, like, you know, Billy Bean with the, with the, uh, the athletics, like you take that coach and you put him with real talent, just watch what you can do. I'm just, I'm just worried, you know, he's been around a long time and I don't know if we'll leave that Seattle thing because, you know, he might be a builder with them and maybe he wants to do that. I don't know. Uh, if he's interested, I'm interested. Uh, uh, what is, uh, Twitter saying about Tippett? Nothing. I mean, all, all, of a sudden, huh? all of a sudden everybody loves him, you know, like, but nobody mentioned his name before. Like, oh, I, I, it seems like people are okay to the idea. They're open to to tip it. You know, it feels so like look- a safe pick. But I, I wouldn't call him that. You know, I wouldn't call him safe. Maybe he is a little bit. I don't know. But I mean, here's the thing that you know what kind of boggles me a little bit is, you know, people are open to tip it. You know, and and I wonder if it's because he worked with, you know, he was coaching the Coyotes, um, but people won't they'll say no right away to Elaine Vigneault, who, who went to a Stanley Cup. Uh, did you say he went to one with New York? Yeah, right. And and uh, and uh, Vancouver. And Vancouver. So this guy has been to Stanley Cups, has the experience, knows what it takes to get there. But right away they want to say no. He, those, he did get there, but they he had some good teams. I mean – Right, so I, I think – I'm going to assume that's why everyone's kind of open to, to tip it because he got to where he did. And he didn't have the same kind of talent. No, that's a good point. That probably is what it is. If, yeah. I mean, he definitely had a lot less talent. wasn't as successful. But, again, he was working with very, very little. Where Mignot, like, I don't – that Vancouver team, really, they had the Sedins in their prime. They had Luongo. They had a stud defensive core. They had other guys on offense. They, they had everything they needed to win. And they lost at home game seven. But, oof, that's rough. You know, yeah. and then – um. You know, the Rangers were good, but they just ran into that L.A. King, the team that was just on a tear. Um, but he's always had a stud goalie. He's had two of the best goalies to play the game, especially recently. You know, uh, stud defensive course. Uh, and it's, you know, stars on offense. He's had all of that. And he's been successful, but he hasn't gotten them over. The, it's like at that point, you might as well go after Todd McClellan. Todd McClellan. But I'm pretty yeah. sure he's going to go with Buffalo. I mean, it's not his fault what happened at Edmonton. That's on the GM. But that guy used to be the coach of the San Jose Sharks, and they're, they were always there. They were always That's in true. the dance. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, once you're, once you're in, anything can happen. I, I feel like, you know, the, the coach can get you to the playoffs, but the ultimately the players are the ones that are going to win the game. So that's on Chuck, right? Yeah. I mean, you got to get the best out of who you can, but you got to give them something to work with at the same time. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. So it's going to be like a tandem type thing. Chuck needs to bring in some of the players, you know, of course, get the right coach. And, uh, you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't as open as, as you just were to Todd McClellan, but after hearing that and thinking about those sharks teams and, and kind of ignoring what happened in Edmonton, he might not be a bad guy to have around. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't think Whenever fans I... like it. Cause I don't really know if they know who he is, but there is something to be said that, he was good with the, he was good with San Jose. He was uh right when we hired Hackstall, that was when him and Babcock were available. He got picked up right away. He's been fired again and he's right back out there. It's like LA and Buffalo were all over him. So you know, yeah. there's a reason people want this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, points, yeah. So fans don't know crap compared to these hockey guys and they're all over him. And I'm not saying he's my number one, but I wouldn't be completely against it. I just feel like we're like four years. We're a Dave Hackstall term past our prime with him. But, yeah. you know, it's a lot better than some of the other guys I've heard. Um, anybody else pop out on your end that you heard about or are curious about? No, that's it. And, and I mean, before I ask you, my, my guy, I think, is, is Tippett. You know, he's proven. You know, I actually enjoyed watching the Coyotes when he was down there coaching. 
Um, I didn't realize he was coaching in, you know, up until a couple of years ago, two, two, three years ago. I didn't, I didn't realize it's been, you know, such a short amount of time. Um, so he is with Seattle now, but you know, how can you turn down a head coaching position for the Flyers? And I'm, I'm just kidding because we talked about why you could do that. But yeah, Jesus, um, who, who's your ideal candidate, man? Who's your ideal guy? Well, I'm, I'm pretty excited about Keith. I, yeah, only I mean, it could, it, we could totally get him, and it could it could completely backfire. That's definitely possible. That's the risk you take with these guys. But I'm at that point, you know, like might as well go for it. Um, here, I, I'll do this. My bottom five, real quick. Mike Yao, Michelle Terrian, Lindy Ruff, Dan Balsma, and Goop Kibuche. Uh, top five. Sheldon Keefe, Dave Tippett. And on three, I have, if they were to get fired, Peter Laviolette. I would take him back. And uh, oh, yeah. Bruce Boudreaux, if he gets fired, at least we'll be good in the regular season. And I, I need to win <laughs> somewhere. You know? and, he, and I heard this on Broad Street Hockey, and I think it's hysterical, and it's so true. Bruce Boudreaux is so, like, chunky behind the – and it, it's just – it's a, just look at him. He just looks like ham. I just think of ham. And um, then I put a – Is it weird that I'm hungry? I'm not totally against him, but he's pretty low on my list. Uh, and then, then Scott Gordon at that point. Uh, there are two names I'm going to throw out there. Uh, Luke Richardson's been mentioned. I think that's got to be because he's a former flyer, and that's the only reason because he's just an assistant with Montreal. Like, if they hired him, I, if I'm Scott Gordon, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that won't make any sense. I'll be against that. And the final name that we have not talked about that has slightly been mentioned is Daryl Sutter. I don't think they're ready for a guy like Daryl Sutter, do you? I don't think I'm ready for a guy like that because he's one of the goofiest looking people I've ever met. Ever met? I mean, seen in my life. He sounds goofy too, doesn't he? Oh, but he's got two cups. He's a, I mean, he's a player's coach, but... Well, ultimately, I don't want a player's coach. I don't want to bring in what's-his-name for Columbus. But, like, I, I want somebody who is going to demand – God, Quinvo would have been perfect. I, I want somebody who's going to demand accountability from this team, which has been we've, – we've talked about has been an issue. It's been a big issue. And, yeah. And, and that's, yeah. that's what I want from this team. And a lot of the guys on my list, I don't really know what style of coach Sheldon Keefe is. I just like that he's young. And that's a whole nother – he's a whole nother reason why I want him. Tim, honestly, I don't – I don't think any of these guys. Maybe Vigneault is a hard-nosed coach, but Boudreaux's a players' coach too. I'm not. I'm really not sure. But these guys, I'm going more so on success than I am players' coach versus hard news. Personally, I wanted. A, I wanted somebody who's going to demand accountability. So we'll, we'll see. But yeah, yeah, something tells me if Tippett's interested that he and and um, Fletcher is told to get somebody else besides Gordon. I think that's so they'll they'll you know, fall on. Yeah. They better hurry up because I mean, we're halfway through April. So June's going to come up quick and he needs time to evaluate the roster, evaluate the system. I, I hope this doesn't drag into May, man. I, I feel like they need to have a coach by the end of April. How about you? I have a feeling it's going to be in May. I do. I mean, it'll definitely be before June, but I, they got to give it somewhat of a search now that they didn't get Quenville. They can't just go quick. You know, they really got to do their due diligence. But at the same time, they like somebody. They can't let somebody else snatch them up. So I I don't know. It depends on who they're talking to. If I hear they're talking to, like, three guys on my no list and one guy on my yes list, then, yeah, sign them immediately. Please don't don't sign any (laughs) of these other morons. Do you have faith that they're going to hire somebody that you you want? No, none. Because Fletcher is already leaning Gordon, and if he's told he's not allowed to have Gordon – Something tells me, you know, Yao's going to be on his list, and I'm not. I'm not about that life, not at all. It makes no so sense to me. Like, let's bring in somebody with something. the. Compl- let's bring in a failure, twice, three times a charm, right? Failed in Minnesota, failed in St. Louis. Let's bring him here. Makes no sense, but I feel if like Mike that's. Yao becomes do. coach of the Flyers. I will not watch a single game. I I just don't understand this organization, the way they view things. Like, look at the GM search. What is so special about Fletcher? He's, what has he done? Well, he's not a former flyer. Hey, hey, can, I, can I bring this up real quick, dude? Yeah. You know, everyone's like, oh, don't, no more former flyers. But, like, what? Who's Chuck Fletcher? Yeah, they're letting that one slide because, you know, 
They want to see more of it. They want to see more of it. Yeah, we. I have had. I was happy about that. I'm not gonna lie. That, but, you, that they didn't bring in a former flyer. Yeah. yeah well, that's that's more of a GM move than it is a coach because a lot of our coaches, outside of what like Bill Barber, haven't been former flyers. But yeah, it was it was impressive. I will say. Um, but I still don't understand why he was like, he's our guy. Yeah. It's going to take a lot for these other interviewees to overtake him. I'm like, he, he never really had very poor playoff success. I think the most he, I don't even know if he's ever been to the Western conference finals. I know he's gotten out of the first round a few times, but that was really it. You know, his, his big thing was signing those, um, Parise and Suter and those contracts are going to come back and bite them. They didn't win in their primes. They, they both those guys kind of wanted to go there. Like, Quenville wanted to go to Florida, so it's not like he pulled some cool maneuver. His drafting is first round or bust, basically, you know, and he gets like almost nothing in the later rounds. And his trades have been hit or miss completely. There's been good ones and there's been shit ones. So I don't understand why he's up. Oh, Got to have him. I don't get that at all. And I feel like yeah. he's gonna they're gonna do something stupid and similar with the head coach. And we're gonna go into. I don't know what they're gonna do with free agency, so I don't want to say we're gonna go into next year like the same, but. It's going to tell me a lot about Fletcher and this organization, who they go with. And I'm going to, the more I think about it, the more I feel like as each day passes, the more I think it's going to be Scott Gordon. And it's still early, but I don't want that. I like the guy's good guy, but it's not, it's just not my choice. I got to get somebody else, please. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. Um, We're coming up just under an hour here. Uh, You want to wrap this up? You have anything you want to add in before we finish up? I'll just give you my playoff predictions for the first round. All right, How's let's that? do the playoff predictions. How's oh, yeah. that? So this Absolutely. was made This was made before the game started yesterday. So I'm going to take Tampa over Columbus, four games to two. Boston over Toronto, four games to two. Washington over uh, Carolina, four games to one. I'll take Pitt over the Islanders in a game seven matchup. On the West, I got Calgary 4-1 over Colorado. Uh, Vegas, I got game seven over San Jose. Nashville, I got 4-1 over Dallas. And, wow. Yeah, Winnipeg, I got 4-2 over St. Louis. And Winnipeg, uh, they lost last night. Is that correct? I think all the underdogs basically won. Uh, wow. I'm off to a rough start, but luckily I don't care enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, we got some games on tonight. I think Boston-Toronto's on now. Are I think you Toronto's watching up. I think Marner's got two goals already. My man. Yeah, off for Sheet City. <laughs> Yeah, man. All right. I mean, what else you got? Anything else? That's all I got this week, Jimbo. So um, nobody claimed our Brian Boucher prize. We announced the winner and, you know, maybe he didn't listen or he forgot to listen last week. But, you know, the Brian Boucher prize is still out there. Uh, Expect a DM because I will be picking a new winner after the show. I won't announce it during the show, but... You'll, if you get a DM from me, congratulations. You're the winner of the autographed Brian Boucher photo. How do you not and, pick that up? What a loser. <laughs> so, yes, at that, we'll, we'll finish up the high and wide radio uh, show. And uh, we'll same time next week, Jack. Let's do it. All right. So signing off, high and wide radio. I'm Jim. That's Jack. And we'll talk to you next week. Bada bing. Bada bing.